The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Afyir Amid Beis and going on to Yud Aleph Amid Aleph discusses various uh, events, seminal events that happened in Klal Yisrael and when they happened. And there's a Machlekes Tanoim Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua, for example, when the world was created. Rabbi Yezer says, "Betishrei Nivra and Rabbi Yeshua is going to say that it's Benisan. Betishrei Noldu Aves, Betishrei Mesu Aves. According to Rabbi Yezer, on in the month of Tishrei is when our Aves were born, and when the Aves would die. Bepesach Noelad Yitzchak." On Pesach, Yitzchak was born. Brosh Hashanah Nifkida Sara Rachel Vachana Brosh Hashanah Yatsa Yasev Mibes HaAsurim. And the list goes on. Rabbi Yeshua is going to argue with some of these things, but everybody agrees on one matter that on Rosh Hashanah Yasev HaTzadik Yatsa Mibes HaAsurim. Yosef left the prison in Egypt on Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara continues later in the Gemara on the bottom of Yid Aleph Amid Aleph. It darshins this fact that everybody agrees to from a pasuk that we say every Thursday morning in the Shir Shal Yaim, a Rosh Hashanah Dika Shir Shal Yaim. This is in fact the the Perak and Tehillim that many people say on Rosh Hashanah because it's directly associated with that day. Tiku b'chaydesh shayfar. You should blow b'chaydesh shayfar on Rosh Hashanah. Blow a shayfar. B'keseliyim chagenu. This is our chag. Kichayk liyisrael hu mishpolake yakev. And then the Pasuk continues, Eidos b'yehaisev samay. Yehaisev is another way of saying Yehaisev. There was an Eidos, there was a testimony that was given to Yehaisev. B'tseisay al Eretz Mitzrayim as he went out over the land of Egypt. And so we darshan from the smichas hakra, from the fact that these two concepts are juxtaposed the fact that Tiku is a day that we blow the Shaifer in commemoration of the Chag. Yaisef is going to leave jail on Rosh Hashanah. And that's how we know. Everybody says, Rabbi Leza and Rabbi Yeshua, they might argue on every other point. But they all agree that in Rosh Hashanah, Yosef HaTzadik was released from prison. The question that I had on this concept, that Rosh Hashanah was the day of Yosef's release, is because if you look in the Pasuk, it says about this release, Vayiritsu min abar, they quickly took Yosef out of the bar, 
just to give a little bit of a background of what happened. Yosef was, of course, put into the bar, put into the jail when he had that unfortunate incident with Asia's Paitifar when she attempted to seduce him and he ran out of her house and she held his jacket in her hand and she accused him of the worst crime and he was incarcerated, he was put in jail and then he was put in jail for about 10 years 10 years later was when the Saramashkim and the Saraifim, the royal baker and the royal butler were in jail with him and they both had dreams and Yosef interpreted those dreams perfectly and he predicted that the baker would be hung and that the butler would be released from jail and go back to his position being Pare's butler at that time Yosef asked the butler to remember him to Pare once you're out please try to get me out of here he forgot the butler and he did not mention him to Paray. And two years later, he had to stay in jail for another two years. And then after those two years were up, Paray had a dream. Paray needed an interpretation of these two dreams that he had that frightened him about the seven fat cows, the seven skinny cows, the seven fat uh, grains versus the seven skinny that the skinny was consuming the fat he didn't know what this meant, no one knew how to interpret it suddenly the butler remembered I remember now I forgot there was uh, this Jewish boy with me in prison he knew how to interpret dreams perfectly and he would be able to interpret this dream of yours no doubt Immediately, Paray summoned Yosef Abar. They pulled him out of the pit quickly. And They gave him a haircut, a shave. They changed his clothing. And he was brought to Paray. And the rest is history. He was brought to Paray and he interpreted the dreams and Paray was so impressed that he made him his viceroy. My question is, if in fact Yosef was released on Rosh Hashanah, how is it possible that he should be shaving and getting a haircut on Rosh Hashanah? If everybody agrees that Rosh Hashanah Yatsa Yaisin Vesa Asurim so let's take the psukim literally. I mean, he came out of jail on Rosh Hashanah, they hurried him, and they gave him a haircut. They changed his clothing, and they brought him to Paray. Strange that he would get a haircut in Rosh Hashanah. In fact, the Mepharshim speak about this question, and the Chassam Seifer himself says that perhaps that's the reason why Rashi says on that word by Galach that he was shaven Rashi says he was shaved because of the honor of the king he was about to go before Paray and the Chasim Seifer also was bothered by this question how could he be shaved on it's Rosh Hashanah how do you get a haircut on Rosh Hashanah itself and he says that there's a heter for Kvayt Malchus if it's very important 
If you have a good reason to get a haircut, you're allowed to get it. Even Rosh Hashanah, he quotes the Shach in Yeridea to this effect. And so this is the way the Chassam Seifer and others understand that word, Vayagalach, that he was shaven in a chanami. It's a problem. It's Rosh Hashanah. You don't get a haircut in Rosh Hashanah, even though it's before Mantaira, but Yaisef HaTzadik we're talking about, unless he had a really good reason to get a haircut on Rosh Hashanah, he would, of course, not have done that. I wanted to perhaps come up with a different approach as to explain this Pasuk. How is it possible at the end of the day with all that Teir Mekpayed Malchus it's very hard to believe in my, to me that Yasef HaTzadik on the day of Rosh Hashanah itself would actually be sitting in a barber chair getting a haircut. Doesn't sit well. With all of that Teir Mekpayed Malchus but there are Gemaras that say that Takala doesn't come to a tzaddik. A behema takala doesn't come to a tzaddik. It's very hard to fathom that Yosef would actually get a haircut on Rosh Hashanah, Yosef at tzaddik. And so what I'd like to do this morning is perhaps come up with a different way of understanding this pasuk. And in the process, hopefully we will be able to glean a great insight into the Avedis Hayyim of Rosh Hashanah. I saw in a sefer called Taima Dekra, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's sefer on Chumash, which is, I think it's probably the greatest sefer of our Dar on Chumash. And I like a lot of Sarm on Chumash, but Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and I don't know if it's so popular even, but if you look, Yeshiva has a copy, it's Ga'inus. It's Mamish, every single Vart in there is Ga'inus. It's a brilliant Sefer, it's like, you would think the Vilna Gain wrote it if you didn't know that it was Reb Chaim Kanievsky. It's so sharp, and it brings Kedarka, every single Pasuk. He shows how it's Marumas, Chazalas, Marumas in every single Pasuk. It's, it's an unbelievable Sefer. So he says on Parshas Miketz, he's Ma'irer, he's talking about something else. He's talking about dreams and how important dreams are. And Befrat and Rosh Hashanah, how the dreams that a person has in Rosh Hashanah has a lot of import. During the whole year, dreams, dreams are subject. Sometimes dreams are, make sense, sometimes they don't make sense, sometimes you should worry about it, sometimes you don't have to worry about it. But he's showing how in Rosh Hashanah, the Mepharshim say that dreams are very, very important. You have a dream on Rosh Hashanah, it's, it, it, it's a foreshadowing of what will happen to you during the year. And he shows this by the fact, and this is really what I want to take from Chaim, that this dream of Parai took place on Rosh Hashanah, and that's why he was immediately summoned on Rosh Hashanah, and that's what happened. When a king has a dream on Rosh Hashanah, it's going to affect the entire nation. And so this was a dream that happened on Rosh Hashanah. And he points out that the dreams of the Sarah Eifim and the Sarah Mashkim, the butler and the baker that we just described before, that Yosef also interpreted, also, he says, took place on Rosh Hashanah. Took place on Rosh Hashanah. 
because we know that Rashi brings it from a medrash that there was a gezerah against Yosef that he should sit in jail an additional two years because he says to this Sarha Mashkin the Lashon of Zechartani he says it two times he says Kim Zechartani itcha kasher yitav lecha when things are good for you, I did you a favor, and you're going out of jail, remember me. There's Kartani al Pare and remind Pare about me when you're out. And release me from this jail, get me out of here. Since Yosef had Sadiq on that day of the dreams of the Saramashkim, the Saraifim, interpreted them. And told them, told the Sar Hamashkim, please get me out of here. And he said it twice. There was a gazera that he should stay in jail another two years. He did something wrong by asking, by pleading with the Sar Hamashkim to get me out of jail. Remember me. Kim his kaitani, remind me to parry once you're out. Remind him that I'm here in jail. Try to do whatever you can to get me out of here. Yosef HaSadik was held accountable for that seeming Infraction, we'll speak about what he did wrong in a second. But because he said the word Hiskartani twice, says Chazal, he was destined and he was doomed in that dark dungeon for another two years. Says Reb Chaim Kanievsky, it's exactly two years. It's not two years plus, two years minus, it's exactly two years. Shnasayim Yomim. There were two exact years from day to day, which means that the dreams of the Saramashkim and the Saraifim, the interpretation by Yosef of those dreams, the mentioning of Kim and his Kartani twice, all of that also took place on what day? Rosh Hashanah. If he was released from prison on Rosh Hashanah two years later, then if you back, if you re- rewind two years, it's exactly Rosh Hashanah that those dreams took place also. So Chaim is saying that the dreams of a person is very, very powerful on Rosh Hashanah. The dreams of Paray, the dreams of the Saramashkim, of Saraifim, they are really very lucid and very, very real because the dreams of Rosh Hashanah are something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is putting into a person to understand what will be this coming year. But what I wanted to take out from this Reb Chaim is that you see that there were two Rosh Hashanahs that we know about in Yosef's life. There was the Rosh Hashanah that Yosef left jail and there was a Rosh Hashanah two years prior when Yosef interpreted the dreams of the Saramashkim and the Saraifim. And on that day he said to him his kartani twice and for that he was punished that he had to stay in jail another two years to the Rosh Hashanah of two years later. And I think that that's a very, very critical point to keep in mind. When I saw this, I was like amazed because it allows us to contrast the right approach on Rosh Hashanah versus the wrong approach of Rosh Hashanah. And let me explain. Everybody knows that there's a taina on Yosef for his lack of bitachin. Everybody knows. 
Yosef was doomed to another two years in jail because he said to the Tsar Hamashkim, remember me to Paray. And for Yosef, that was a terrible thing. That was a terrible mistake that he made. Why? What was so bad about it? Well, it was a lack of bitachin. What do you mean it was a lack of bitachin? Don't we know that a person is allowed or perhaps must do hishtadlis in life? We know that there's a concept of hishtadlis. We know that a person has to try his best to do whatever he can in life. A person is not supposed to be saimech alanes. You can't say if you're, uh, you know, let's say you're not making parnasa. So you got to try to make parnasa. I happy talking to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that he's going to be mefarnis me that he's he's the he's the being in the world that he provides for me. Does that mean that I'm allowed to sit on my couch all day and all night and do nothing and just expect the checks to start rolling in? Is that bitachin? Is that what Chazal tell us we're supposed to be doing? No, you have to make eshtablus. How much eshtablus? How many hours a day? How much school do you need? How much money do you have to... That's another discussion. That We spent the whole year of Vaden on that very topic. And it's a very hard topic to understand. I brought down 50 Marimachimists every single Vad, and I'm still very confused. I should be the world's biggest expert in this, but I, I will admit that I still don't know more than I did the day that I started the Vad. It's a very hard topic. It's a very hard topic to understand. What is bitachin? Is bitachin a chiyav? Is it a klala? How much do you have to do? How much don't you have to do? It's a hard topic. But needless to say, there is a concept of hishtadlus. Hishtadlus versus bitachin is an issue. Bitachin is wonderful. You absolutely need bitachin. But you also have to do hishtadlus. There's a few marmakaymas for where this theme of hishtadlus comes from. There's a, there are other psukim to say that, that you have to do. Many times in the Torah it says you have to, you know, you have to work, you got to do. There are things, you have to do your ishtadlis. There is definitely a chiyav of ishtadlis. You can't sit down and say, I'm not doing anything and Parnassah is going to come. Or, I'm not going to do anything and, uh, you know, if there's a, let's say if there's a, you're sitting, you're living in a malchus, in a kingdom, and they are geyser, gezer against Klai Yisrael, the leaders say, well, let God deal with it. No, you have to go, and you have to do your shtadlis, or as they used to call in the old days, shtadlamis. You go and you get a delegation to go to the king, or go to the president, or get a, go to a senator, or go to somebody, and try to undo the gezer, or try to make the situation better. There is definitely that concept. What in the world is the Tainan Yosef? Wouldn't you and I do the same thing? If we're in jail and we have an opportunity to get out of jail, and we would just say, All right, I'm not, you know, obviously this guy might be able to get me out. I'm doing him a big favor. I'm not going to say a word to him. You know, let God worry. We don't believe in that. That's not our religion. We believe that you're allowed and maybe you should be doing a Heshtadlus. So there's a Tainan Yosef that he said that to remember me to Paray, and the Beis HaLevi deals with this, and many of the Mepharshim deal with this question. What was the Tainan? Maybe he said it twice, he should have only said it once. But I wanted to be Mechadish something that I think is remarkable in the context of what we just learned. That day that the Sar Mashkim had his dream interpreted by Yosef, and now Yosef 
is faced with an opportunity to ask him to help him and speak to Paray. Remember me before Paray. What day was that? It was Rosh Hashanah. It wasn't a regular day of the year. It wasn't Hanukkah. It wasn't Purim. It wasn't Pesach. It was Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah itself, there's no such thing as asking somebody to remember me and to go to Paray and to do my Ishtablis. On Rosh Hashanah itself, there's one Melech and there's one Zikarin. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Akiva says it, Imru lefonai Malchias on Rosh Hashanah say the Psukim of Malchias Kedeshet Hamlichuni Aleichem so that I will be your Melech, says the Rabbi Nishalem. Imru lefonai Zichroinais and say before me the Psukim of Zichroinais Kedeshet Hala lefonai Zichroinichem Letoiva so that your memory comes before me for the best. There's one Melech on Rosh Hashanah there's one Zikaron on Rosh Hashanah. There's no one else. Hishtablis is wonderful, 364 days a year. Go for it. Do whatever you want. You have to do, you have to run, you have to go. You have to speak to this person and that person, this VIP and this senator, this congressman, and do all of your Hishtablis. Not on Rosh Hashanah, though. On Rosh Hashanah, you have to put all of your bitachin into the Rabbi Nishlam. The Rabbi Nishlam is the Melech. We're being Mamluchim. Our Zechreinus are coming before him. He remembers us, Kaviyachal, on this day, Lataiva. This is a day that Ishtablus is not the order of the day. There's no Ishtablus on Rosh Hashanah. Ishtablus is important. Ishtablus is fine. But on Rosh Hashanah, you take your machzer and you stand before the Rabbi Nishlam and you proclaim him as the Melech and you ask him to remember you. And Yosef's sin in this regard was not that he did Ishtablis, that's fine, but you did Ishtablis on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, you have to put all of your bitachin only in the Rabbi Nishlam, only before the Melech, the Melech, and all the Zechreinis that we're discussing, all of the memories should only be before the Rabbi Nishlam. And when Yosef says, there's Kartani al Paray. Zechreinais, Paray, Melech, and Rosh Hashanah. You're doing a Ishtablis, you're talking about a, a, another Melech and Rosh Hashanah. You're talking about another Zechreinais, other Zechreinais on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, other than Malchias and Zechreinais of the Rabbin Shalom, other than Imru Lefanai Malchias, Kadeshat Hamlichuni Aleichem. Other than Imru Lefanei Zechreinez Kedeshatala Zechreinechem Lefanei Lataiva, that was Yaisei's problem. Don't do it on Rosh Hashanah. You could do it the whole year. You should do it the whole year. Not Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not a day for Ishtablis. Rosh Hashanah is a day that we cast our lot with the Rabbi Nishlam. Only the Rabbi Nishlam. There's no one else. There's only a Rabbi Nishlam, and that's it. Because that's the truth. 
There is really only the Rabbeinu Shalom and that's it. During the year, we're allowed to spin our wheels and do our established, make ourselves feel more comfortable in the fact that we're proactive and we're doing something. We're able and this and that. And that's great. Rosh Hashanah is the day that we remember that there's no one other than the Rabbeinu Shalom. When we're being mamluchim as nach, what does that mean? Okay, we're going, what's, what's the order of the day, Rosh Hashanah? Being mamluch HaKadosh, what does that mean? Being mamluch HaKadosh, the Rabbeinu Shalom is a melech the whole year. We're being mamluchim on Rosh Hashanah. What does that mean? It means that we're focused on the Rabbeinu Shalom solely and exclusively. That he is the only melech out there. There's no one else. We only have the Rabbeinu Shalom. We only have the Zichrainas before the Rabbeinu Shalom. Our memory, our, our remembrances, the Rabbeinu Shalom's memory, the Rabbeinu Shalom's Malchus, that's it. It's Einayin Movadai. We are solely throwing our lot with the Rabbeinu Shalom on Rosh Hashanah. That was the Taina on Yasef, I believe. Ishtavlis is very important, but not Rosh Hashanah. Don't mention any other Melech don't mention any other Vizkartani other than the Rabbeinu Shalom Vizkartani. Because that's the Avaida of Rosh Hashanah, to be Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch as our Melech, to say exclusively, to say exclusively that you are our Melech. We don't have another Melech. You are it. In Sefer called Matnas Chaim, which is her Matasyo Solomon's set of Svarim, there's a volume on Yom Nairaim, and he brings from his Rebbe from Rebellia Lapian an amazing Vart, Benegeya the Yom Nairaim, and the Kavanis that we're supposed to be having on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. There's a Gemara that says in Rosh Hashanah, Dafir Chesam and Aleph, you have two people that go take ill they're in the same hospital room two beds with the same exact illness whenever I learned this Gemara I remember a, a story about there was a, a Yid by the name of Max Stern Max Stern so the name sounds familiar. Stern College was named after him. And he was a very wealthy man. His son, you know, started uh, the Meadowlands. He bought all that property. All that money. So Yekish Yid, Max Stern, Max and Gitti Stern, they came to these shores, German immigrants, and he had a great idea, Max Stern, to make money. He saw that in America, people liked having pets. In Europe, they were, you know, I don't think there was such a concept of, of, of you know, dogs and cats and parakeets and all that. So people were, you know, it was, it was no, pets were something that, you know, you ate. You know. But in America, he came to America, he saw, like, people actually had bird cages and they had, they had dogs and they had cats. So he started a company called Hearts Mountain. Arts Mountain was a, it was a pet food company. And he decided, you know, he was going to make it like a real thing. Like, you don't just feed birds, you know, matzahs. 
you feed birds like special bird food and fish fish food. And he became a, a, zillion, a gazillionaire from, from, from this concept. And so the, 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 one of the Rosh Yeshivas of Kol Tair, who also served as, as like the executive director of the yeshiva, which I went to Kol Tair in Yerushalayim, was Rosh Hashem Arbach's yeshiva. So it was really founded by a German Rosh Yeshivas. It was uh, of Schlesinger, of Kunstadt. And um, it, was, it was from the immigrants from Germany that came to Yerushalayim and they founded this, this amazing yeshiva. And they were always looking for money. Like all yeshivas, they need money. So Rav Kunstadt, every time Max Stern came to Eretz Yisrael, he ran after him, he chased him down to try to get money out of him because you know, he was giving money to other yeshivas. He felt, you know, he's a German yeshiva, he's from Germany. And, uh, you know, let's try to, you know, give him the schuss of giving, giving money to yeshiva. So whenever he came to Eretz Yisrael, you know, wherever Max Stern was, he was staying in the, know, the King David Hotel. Rav Kunstadt comes in the King David Hotel and he, like, runs out the, the back door. He's, like, trying to avoid Rav Kunstadt, wherever Rav Kunstadt is. Rav Kunstadt was relentless. So wherever he went, if he went to, you know, this, there, Tel Aviv, you know, wherever he went... Kunstadt was on his tail trying very hard and it was really getting Max Stern a little bit annoyed because I don't think Kultair was really the Ashkafa of Max Stern anyway. It wasn't like some, you know, it was like a very Haredi Spitzi. And I don't know if he was there. It wasn't... So... And he told, he told Rav Kunstadt, you know, I'm not... Uh, you know, it's not my Ashkafa, it's not my Yeshiva, it's not, you know, I think you should stop trying to get money on me. I'm not giving. One year, Max Stern was in Eretz Yisrael and he had a massive heart attack. And he was in Shari Tzedek Hospital in a, in a hospital bed. And punk that day, Rav Kunstadt also had a heart attack. And he was put into the bed right next to Max Stern. And, you know, Max Stern was sleeping when he, I guess he was a minute, he like wakes up, he looks at the bed next to him, he sees Rav Kunstadt in the bed next to him. And he says, why are you here? Like, isn't it enough? Like, you know, I told you many times, stop harassing me. And like, now I'm in the hospital. He says, no, no, I also had a heart attack, you know, just today. And, you know, I'm here for, I'm here for purely medical. I didn't know it's coincidental. So Max Stern said to him, he says, if you had a heart attack, just to be in the bed next to me, so I'm going to give you money. And if you go to Colterra today, in the beautiful building, it says... In the front of the building, Max and Gifty Stern building. Two people could be in the same hospital room, side by side, with the same exact heart attack. And the Gemara says, for some reason, one will get out of the hospital bed and one won't. Another example the Gemara gives, two people are going to go to the gallows. They're, 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 they're on death row. They both did the same crime. And for some reason, one guy gets hanged on the gallows. And the guy that did the exact same crime in the same cell, with the same exact chances of survival, for some reason, he's able to walk. He gets a pardon in the last minute. Why is that? It's two people... Same circumstance, same gezerah, same condition. One dies, one lives, one 
hanged, one escapes. What's going on? Why is that so? And the Gemara says, One davened, and he was answered. And the other one davened, and he wasn't answered. So, Why is it that one person was answered, and the other was not answered? Oh, that's easy. One had a tefillah shlema, he had a full tefillah, and one did not have a full tefillah. Rashi says, what does it mean tefillah shlema? One word Rashi says. Niskaven. One had kavana when he davened. One guy was in the hospital, he davened to the Rabbi Nishayim. he had real kavana, he saved. The other one davened, but his kavana wasn't complete, so he wasn't saved. He had to die. Fractor Belialapian, I don't understand. Think about what's going on over here. These are not people on a regular Friday morning yeshiva that are feeling good and they're, you know, they just space out during davening. These are people that are about to die. The executioner is just preparing the noose. Or the doctors are, you know, trying, scurrying, trying very hard to, to, to save these people's lives. They're davening. They're davening. The Gemara says they're davening. What does it mean that he's not in this cabin? Do you think that's possible? If there's one time in your life that you're going to daven with kavona, it's the moments before you're about to get hanged, Rahman or the moments as your, your neshama is leaving and they're trying to resuscitate you. If you have the peace of mind, the frame of mind to daven, you're going to daven with kavona. It's not a time to space out. You're not thinking anymore about the Nets and the Yankees and, and the World Series. You're thinking about the, the task before you, which is to save your life, to beg the Rabbi please save me. So what says Rabbi Lapian doesn't mean that one had kavana when he davened the tefillah shlema and one's tefillah was not shlema. What does that mean? And Rabbi Lapian answers classically. There's two ways of davening. There's two ways of approaching the Rabbi Nishlam. Some people, most of us, I think, I would say, say, listen, I'm in a good hospital. I'm in, you know, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. I got the best doctors. The doctors are working on me. They got all the, you know, we got the experimental drug and we got this and we got all the tests and we have all the results and we have the CAT scans. We have the, the, this scan and that scan and the, the MRIs and they're all coming back bad or good and the, you know, it spread. It didn't spread and metastasized. You know, and I'm going to daven. My davening is okay, you know, as like a last ditch, like, okay, why not? Let's daven to God. We're doing everything else perfect. We got all the checks. We got all the right doctor, the right this, right that. Fine. Now I'll daven. I'll open up my tillum a little bit and speak and daven a little bit also. Who is my main source of of bitachin in though? Is it really all in the rabbinic shalom and the doctors are are just the hechatimsa? It's my ishtablus. Or is my main thrust of davening to the Rabbi Nishlam, all I have is you. The doctors are nothing. The nurses are nothing. The medication is nothing. I'm all in it for you. 
You are it. You are the only being that could actually save me. If the doctors do their job, that means you wanted them to do their job. But it's nothing. It's all you. You're in jail. What are you doing in jail? What are you doing on death row? Well, I'm calling my lawyer. I'm calling my local congressman, my senator, to try to get me a reprieve, a pardon. You know, I have a connection to the president, and I'm going, we're using that, and we're going to try to do an, an appeal, and this and that. And plus, I'm going to spit, take out my, my tillum and dive into a branch room, just because, you know, it's also on the list. It's one of the things I should be doing. Or, when I'm in jail and I'm on death row... I have my chavis al and everything is the Rabbeinu It's all the Rabbeinu That's a kavana. That's a tefillah. That's shlema. I'm davening to you. Everything is you. Everything is upon you. My only hope in life is you. I'm putting all of my bitachin in you. The other things that I do are just, you know, I have to do other things, but it's all you. That's the difference, says the Gemara, between the person that gets better and the person that doesn't, the person that gets hanged and the person that doesn't. It's a feel that's shlema, the kavana. What does that mean, it's the kavana? It means that when I daven, my davening should not be as a last resort or as a, as a footnote to my life, to my ishtadlus, which it is to so, so many of us. Think about it a little bit. When you're when somebody's sick, what do you right away? Uh, you know, is he in the right hospital? Is he? You know, who's the doctor? I, you know, did you you made sure that there's no better doctor? Did it? Is that that's general? That's what that's what we do, right? We always start getting into the we roll up our sleeves and start getting into the medical aspects of it, or the legal aspects of it, and try to really understand, like, and try to help in that way. That's not the proper way to do things. The proper way to do things is, of course that's all necessary in its own way, but that's not the thrust. The main thrust is, the Rabbani Shalom is not my last resort, my, the Rabbani Shalom is my only resort. Everything is the Rabbani Shalom. It's Enai Milvadeh, it's only Him. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. These are days that we come before the Rabbani Shalom, not as, uh, okay, I might as well, who knows, maybe, you know, uh, you know, they say that it's a good day to daven. You know, the Rabbi Shalom hopefully will give me a, a good year and it'll be a sweet year and all the, that's not, that's not Rosh Hashanah. If that's your concept of Rosh Hashanah, that I am, I have my job and I have my kids, I have my family, I got my life, I got my, my, my Gemara, my Shir, my this and that, and, and plus, okay, let's ask God to, to make it a better year. That's not Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a day that there's Enei Movadai, Imr Lefanei Malchias, there's only one Rabbi Nishayim. There's only one Melech. We're being Mamluch HaKadosh Baruch and we're saying, we have nothing else than you. You are it. You are the Avar, you are the Haiva, you are the Asid, you are the Ein Saif, you are the Kol Yochel. There's nothing else but you. There's no world in, outside. It's all a mirage. It's all a fantasy. It's all you. I'm being Mamluch, you as my Melech. What does that mean? I'm taking it upon myself to say, that you are my Melech, and that's it. There's no Para, there's no Saramashkim, there's no Kiyamiz Kartani, there's no other Melech, there's no other Ishtavos. Today's not a day for that. Today's a day to be Mispalat, Filashlem, Bekavana, and to say that you are it. I don't have anything but you. I have no plan B. You are my plan A, you are my plan Z, and you're every letter in between. I have nothing but you. 
If you want me to live, I'll live. If you want me to die, I'll die. You want me to get better, I'll get better. You want me to get worse, I'll get worse. It makes no sense what's going on with me other than assigning it all to you. It's not the doctor's fault. It's not the fact that I went here and I went there and I didn't go here, I didn't go there. That's secondary. That's on Rosh Hashanah. It's nothing. During the rest of the year, talk all you want about doctors, about lawyers, about Heshtablis. Rosh Hashanah is a day that it's only the Rabbi Nishlam. I'm being mamluch you as my melech. That's it! There's a melech, there's a chreinus, there's a shofar, that's it. That's Rosh Hashanah. Leave all of your Eilam Haza at the door before you enter the gates of Rosh Hashanah. Be mamluch me as a melech. Yosef HaTzadik. He was right to say, Kiyam is Kartani. On Erev Rosh Hashanah, on Matzai Rosh Hashanah, on Hanukkah, on Kislei, Tevi, Shvat Adir, perfect. Perfect. But Rosh Hashanah, don't mention to anybody, Kiyam is Kartani, Al Paray. Remind Paray about me. Remind Paray. Who's Paray on, on, on Rosh Hashanah? What are you mentioning? Paray, Malchias, and Zechreinus? Paris, your melech, the Zechreinist before Paris, is that, that's, that's what you're doing on, Rosh, on my Rosh Hashanah? Two years more in Beis Asurim. But I was doing my Ishtab, not Rosh Hashanah. Today's Rosh Hashanah, there's no Ishtabas in Rosh Hashanah. Today, you're proclaiming me as a melech, and the Zechreinists are my Zechreinists. Nothing else. On Rosh Hashanah we say Avinu Malkeinu, which is a very strange tefillah to say. Because if you notice in Rosh Hashanah there's no bakashas. There's no viduyim. It's not a day that we cry and we beg and we plead with God. That's Yom Kippur. That's Slichas. Rosh Hashanah is a day to be Mamluch HaKadosh Baruch It's not a day of bakashas yet. One exception. Avinu Malkeinu. All of a sudden we say Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanecha. It's like so... Such an anomaly on Rosh Hashanah. It's like you feel like guilty almost saying, it's not, that's not the order of the day. It's not, it's not a day of Biduyim. It's not a day of Akashas. And all the Avinu Malkenos, all the Avinu Malkenos, you know, it doesn't, they don't seem like Rosh Hashanah Dik. Seem Kippur Dik. It's not Rosh Hashanah Dik. And the Farshim deal with this. I'd like to suggest in line of what we're saying today, that it's very Rosh Hashanah Avinu Malkeinu. Where do we get Avinu Malkeinu for? What, what's the source of Avinu Malkeinu? There's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah in Tainis and Avchafei Mebez. The Gemara says, Maisa Brebeliezer, Sheyar Lufnei Ateva Ve'amar Esim Ha'abar Brachas Le'nana. There's a Maisa Brebeliezer, he went before the table, there was a drought in Eretz Yisrael. There was no rain and they desperately needed rain as an agricultural society need rain. No rain fell. They said, Rebbe Lazar went before the Teva, he davened, he said the 24 brachas in Shemana Esrei, the regular Shemana Esrei plus the special brachas that we say on a Tainas, he wasn't answered. Yared Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva then said, okay, do you mind if I Take the take the amud a little bit. 
the Amar, and he said the following: Avino Malkeno, Ain Lanu Melech Ela Ata. All we have is you. Rabbi Akiva looked to heaven and he said, Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king, Ein lanu melech ela We only have you as our king. We have nothing else. We have you. You are our king. Avinu Malkeinu, Rachem Aleinu. Have mercy on us. We only have you as our king and we ask you for mercy. Pity us. Venena. All of a sudden the sky started opening and the rain came down. Torrents of rain came down from this Avinu Malkeinu Tefillah. And from that time on, Avinu Malkeinu was the go-to Tefillah. Every time there's a Tainas, we say Avinu Malkeinu. And during our service, we make Shuvah, we say Avinu Malkeinu because it's such a powerful Tefillah. Of course, it was expanded to many more Avinu Malkeinus. I remember when I was a little kid, like one of the old men in Shul came over to me and said, uh, uh, Maisha, how many Avinu Malkinos are there? And you know, I ran to my sitter, I started counting, and whatever, it's 27, 28. He said, No, nah, there's only one Avinu Malkin. That used to be humor in the olden days. But it's true. You know, when you get older, you look back and you say, Wow, these people were right. The whole point of Avinu Malkeinu, the entire essence of this holy tefillah, could be boiled down to two Avinu Malkeinus. The other ones are just expansions of that. But really it's all one Avinu Malkeinu. It's Avinu Malkeinu Ein Manu Melech We're basically coming to the Rabbi Yishalom and we're saying to him, you know, we're not looking at the meteorologist reports anymore. We're not looking at, uh, you know, at doing, uh, you know, some, some tribal uh, rain dance. We're not looking to, uh, you know, get consultants into how to, you know, how to, how to, how to, make, uh, how to make the clouds more moist. We gave up all, on all of that. The other 24 tefillahs that, uh, you know, that, that Eliezer did, that was all nice, but that was all like, you know, it's all too much. Rabbi Akiva came and said, let's simplify matters. Let's get to the bottom line over here. Let's understand what the Rabbi Shalom needs from us. Why is he not sending rain? Stop being so fancy. Let's boil it down in one word or less. Malchus! Avinu Malkeinu Eimanu Melech We have nobody but you. That's what you need from us. That's what you want from us. You want us to proclaim you as a Melech. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need the world, but He needs us. Kaviyachol. Because what we have, what we bring to the table is that we have Bechira. We could look at the world as ours and Ishtadlos and doctors and lawyers and, or we could say, you are a Melech. There's nothing else but you. That's what the Rabbi Nishlam wants. And when he hears that, then he has pity on us. That's the only thing that can unlock HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachmanis is when we finally surrender to him and say that that's all that's the Avinu Malkeinu the rest we say but that's Rosh Hashanah we say Avinu we have to say this on Rosh Hashanah 
Avinu Matene and Lana Melachalata. That's Rosh Hashanah. In one, you could basically skip the whole Machser. There's one line in the entire Machser that could replace probably the entire thing. Avinu Matene and Lana Melachalata. Become prepared in Rosh Hashanah to say, we have nobody else but you. You're it. You're not our other option. You're not our other, you're not one thing on our list. You are the entire list. From beginning to end, all we have is you. That's Rosh Hashanah. Hishtadmas, the world, all this and this and rain. and you know, That's good for the rest of the year. Rosh Hashanah is a time of coming into these days prepared to throw everything out. All of our preconceived notions that we were brought up with, that this is important, that is important, that that is important, a degree is important, and that, blah, 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 you know, that's all. It may or may not be true, but Rosh Hashanah, it's certainly not true. Certainly on Rosh Hashanah, there's one thing that's true, and that's Avinu Malkeinu, Ein Lanu Melech Ela That's why we say it in Rosh Hashanah. We can't not say it. That's Rosh Hashanah. This tefillah of Rabbi Akiva's Roshan, by the way, this is the same Rabbi Akiva that said, Imrulafane Malchis, the Gemara, that was Rabbi Akiva's line, Imrulafane Malchis, Kadesh Tamlichun, it's Rabbi Akiva's verse. Rabbi Akiva was the, was the one Tana that constantly teaches us the greatness of throwing ourselves into the Rabbi Nishlam's arms. This is the same Rabbi Akiva, of course, that died with Shema on his lips. That's also a statement of the fact that there's nothing else but you. This is the same Rabbi Akiva that says at the end of Mesechus Yuma, it's all you. We're throwing ourselves into your mikvah. Your mikvah Yisrael Hashem. You are our mikvah. We have nothing else. At the end of the day, we like to believe throughout the year that we are so strong, we are so smart, we are so powerful, we are so rich, we are so, you know, healthy, and this and that, and the whole year, that's fine. For Rosh Hashanah is a day that we say, and Yom Kippur, these days are, we throw ourselves into the mikvah, of Hashem, mikvah Yisrael Hashem, He's our mikvah, He's everything, we immerse ourselves What's a mikvah? A mikvah is a place you go in and you're completely immersed. You're not, there's not a single hair outside of the mikvah. There's a single hair sticking out of the mikvah from your body. You, didn't, you weren't taival. You have to be completely immersed into the mikvah in order for it to work. This is Rabbi Akiva's message to us. That if you want Rosh Hashanah and Kippur to work, look at him as your mikvah. Submerge yourself into the Rabbi Nishlam's malchus. Proclaim him as your melech totally. There's not anything that's sticking out. There's not but. There's no word but. There's no footnote. There's no addendum on Rosh Hashanah. There's no, yeah, I trust in the Rabbi Nishlam, but I also, you know, have a rich uncle that's going to get me a job. I trust in the Rabbi Nishlam, but, you know, I also am getting a degree in order to, da, da. I trust in the Rabbi Nishlam, but I have the best doctors and the best hospital and the best treatment and it's under control. That's not Rosh Hashanah. That's the whole year. Rosh Hashanah is a day that there's only one Melech. And I'm throwing myself in. Rabbi Akiva says you have to throw yourself into the mikvah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Can you do it or not? Can you let go of the branch and just dive in? I once saw a cute story that there was a, 
there was a, recent times there was a, uh, an asifa, a tefillah gathering, because there was no, uh, there was no rain in Eretz Yisrael. So, you know, thousands of men, of course, came to this gathering, wherever it was, in a shul, by the kaisel, wherever. They always have these things. And they're davening and they're davening. And the father brings his little daughter, his little girl, to the to this asifa. And she looks confused the whole time. And on their way home, he says, I saw the whole time during this whole, you were looking around and you were like wondering about something. You were confused about something. What was it? She says, there's one thing that I didn't get. She says, you have thousands of men coming to a tefillah gathering that rain should come that the Rabbani Shalom should to open up the gates of heaven and let the rain come. And not one man brought an umbrella. I didn't see a single umbrella in the crowd. How could such a thing be? Are you talking to a little girl? That's obvious. If you really trust the Rabbani Shalom, if you look at her, if you look at the Rabbani Shalom like your tati who's going to help you, you bring an umbrella to an asifa because you really believe that it's going to start pouring after these tefillahs start coming out of our mouth. But we're so smart. No, it doesn't mean that's not going to happen right away. And the Rabbi Shalom, you know, he's, he, 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 you know, he covers himself in Teva and he doesn't really do it right away. And you can't be Saimachai. We have so much lumdus. But we lack that purity. We don't bring in our, our umbrellas to the Asifa because we're so smart. Rabbi Akiva teaches you, bring the umbrella for crying out loud. Bring the umbrella because it's going to happen. And the rain starts pouring right away because Rabbi Akiva understands the way to daven. When you daven before a melech, there's only one melech. There's only one zikaron. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. If you believe that, then chusvrachim aleinu. If you don't believe it, so you're just like anyone else. You may be answered, you may not be answered, anything could happen. Shnayim, Nichnas, Lamita, one will survive, one won't survive. I don't know. There's one way to guarantee to be answered properly, whatever the Rabbanu Shalom feels is proper, and that's by throwing yourself into the mikvah of the Rabbanu Shalom. Bring your umbrella. Understand that it will happen if I understand that it's Ein Lanu Melech That's Rosh Hashanah. That's Imru Lufanai Malchis. That's Rabbi Akiva's heart. Imru Lufanai Malchis. Say before me Malchis. The only way that I will be your Melech is if you say that I'm your Melech. If you say that you might be my Melech, you're my Melech, but I also have a Vice Melech, or there's a substitute for the Malchus, I don't need you because I have a great lawyer. Or I have an additional thing plus you. If the Rabbi Nisham is plus, that's not in Mulafanai Malchus. Rabbi Akiva teaches us, say before me, Malchus, you want me to be your king, really? Then believe in me that I'm your king. That's Rosh Hashanah. And Yosef was not able to do that. Yosef, on Rosh Hashanah, Kim is Kartani Lifnei Paroy on Rosh Hashanah. That's, that's wrong. On, on Yosef HaTzadik's level. That's wrong. 
There's a story that's told about the son-in-law of Yisrael Mishklov. Yisrael Mishklov was one of the great Talmud of the, of the Gra. And he had a son-in-law. And his son-in-law was one of those people that made Aliyah, the Talmud Agra and the Talmudim of the Talmudim of the Gra. They all went in certain waves. Teretz Yisrael. And the Grad had a profound impact, even though the Grad himself didn't go to Eretz Yisrael. He tried, but he wasn't, for some reason, he didn't, he aborted his, his mission to Eretz Yisrael. But his Talmidim went, and his Talmidim made a tremendous Rishim, the Prushim in Eretz Yisrael, with Talmidim Agra. And that's why the Eretz Yisrael is basically Minig Agra. Everything is Minig Agra in Eretz Yisrael, because he was the profound, he made such a, had such a stamp on Eretz Yisrael. So, this son-in-law of Yisrael Mishklov was on a boat going to Eretz Yisrael with a son and a daughter. And in the middle of the journey, the seas started to churn and the boat started to rock and eventually the boat started to sink. And all of the people on board the boat jumped ship into this raging sea and this son-in-law of Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov, he held on to his son and his daughter, his young son and his young daughter, and they were holding on to him, and they were so scared because it was a while, it was very far still to Eretz Yisrael. It was I don't know dozens and dozens of miles to Eretz Yisrael, and the seas were chopping, and he was trying to hold on to them and swim and move at the same time, and it became increasingly difficult, and. After a while, he had to make a dintaira amongst himself in his own mind and decide who to let go. He couldn't carry two children at one point. He needed an arm to, to move. And they were going, but they were going very slow. And every single time that he was about to decide who to let go, he looks at his children and he couldn't. He pushed a little further and then finally says, I passed him that I have to let my daughter go. Whatever reason, he said, I'm going to keep my son and my daughter I have to let go. An impossible decision for any parent, of course, to make. But that's what he passed in Pitaira, that that's, that was the right thing to do. And he told his daughter with tears in his eyes, I'm sorry. I love you, but I have to let you go. We're, not, we're all going to drown if I don't let you go. And she looks in his eyes and she's crying. She says, Tati, can't let me go, I'm your daughter. She says, I have no other Tati but you. Who should I ask? I have no other Tati but you. And he couldn't let her go. So he went a little further and further, and then again he says, I, I can't do it anymore, I gotta, I gotta let you go. And she says, Tati, you can't let me go, I'm your daughter, you're my, you're my father. How can a father let a daughter go? I, I, you're my only father. And he went further. And this kept on repeating itself over and over again until finally they found themselves at the shore of Eretz Yisrael. And he collapses on the beach. And when he wakes up, he looks at his daughter. And he says, I want you to know, whenever you daven, from now on for the rest of your life, daven with that same nusach that you daven to me. Tell the Rabbi Yisrael that I have no other father but you and you will always be answered. No father can turn down such a request from a child. 
If a child says to a father, I have no other father but you, the father is, in, is so bound to that statement that there's no choice but to help the child. That's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is coming in and saying, Malchi is before the Rabbi Hashem. I have my umbrella. You are it. That's Rosh Hashanah. The tour writes, and our Chaim Tafkuf Pei Aleph, about Rosh Hashanah. V'roichat sinu mistaprin. On Arab Rosh Hashanah, you get a haircut, you take a shower, change your clothing. And the tour brings a medrash, Min Hagashal Adam, the minig of the world is Adam Sheshle Din, Loivish Shchirim. Normally you have a, a court case, you wear black clothing, Misatif, and you Shchirim, uh, you, you get wrapped up in a talus that's black. Umagadol Zikna, you grow your beard long. Veina Chaitach, you probably don't cut your nails. You're petrified. You don't have the, the peace of mind to make yourself look tidy, look normal, look nice. You're not a human being. You're so scared. Avol Yisrael Einam Kain. Kral Yisrael is different. Loiv Shem Levanim. Kral Yisrael wears nice kitlach, white clothing. Umis Atim Lefanim. Levanim, and we are misativ, we are white talesim, umagalchim ziknam, we get a haircut, we cut our beards, umachatkin siparneim, we cut our nails, va'oichlin, the shaisim, usmechim, Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah itself, it's a day that we have simcha, we eat and we drink. How could that be? It's a yemadin. Lefishayayadin, shakarishbarchu, yaslam nes, because we know. We have bitachin that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will perform a nace for us. That's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a day that you rely, you put all of your bitachin in the Rabbi Hashanah and the nace will happen. That's why the minig is to get a haircut and to clean our clothing on Arab Rosh Hashanah so that we show our optimism, we show our confidence in the Rabbi Hashanah that He will allow us to survive this din intact. It's bitachin. It's a day of bitachin. It's a day of saying, you are a king and we rely on you. You are our father. We rely on you. You're going to help us. The Mishnah Bura says on this that the reason is it's bitachin. It's all bitachin in the Rabbi Hashem's chasid. It's the bitachin that HaKadosh Baruch will save us because we proclaim that He is our Melech. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. And therefore we come into Rosh Hashanah with an optimism, with a confidence, knowing that our Father is in charge. Our Father is in charge. We're bringing our umbrella, Rosh Hashanah. We're saying there's going to be an answer to our tefillahs. The rain is going to come. We're going, we're going to be spared any terrible gezerah because HaKadosh Baruch is our Father, He's our Melech. We can't fail if we have that formula. That's chus is one that we'll never lose in din. That's our bitachin. That's where we shave, we get a haircut, we put on nice clothing, we get a, a nice tie, a nice yarmulke. We, get, we, we, we look good on Rosh Hashanah. We have good food on Rosh Hashanah. 
Because it's bitachin. It's a statement that we are by teach and the rabbi nishlam. Ein lanu melech halato. Whatever Yosef may have done wrong that first Rosh Hashanah, he repaired two years later on that second Rosh Hashanah. The first Rosh Hashanah, he put all of his bitachin not in Hashem. Of course, Yosef HaTzadik was b'teach b'Hashem. But he also was p'nei al-Rahavim, as the, as the Pasuk says. Asher Yish Asher, Sam Hashem Miftacha, is a Yosef le'p'nei al-Rahavim. He put his head in the arrogant ones, in the Mitzrim. He missed Tartani al That was very bad on Rosh Hashanah to do such a thing. It's not a day for Ishtadlis. It's a day of Eilon and And Yosef did Shuva. Every single day, Yosef did Shuva for this. And when two years came by, and now it was Rosh Hashanah again, you know what Yosef did on Rosh Hashanah? By Galach Leichabi Simlaisa. He got a haircut. He changed his clothing. He was betuchin. He was betuch and the Rabbeinu Shalom, the Rabbeinu Shalom alone. This year I'm going to get out. This Rosh Hashanah I'm going to get out. Only the Rabbeinu Shalom can get me out. There's no one else. It's Einan Movada, Einan Amalek Halata. Yosef rectified everything by being Megaleach, by being Mistaper, by being Machalif Simlaisov. He showed this Rosh Hashanah that it's going to be different. Whatever I did in the past Rosh Hashanah, I did shuva from. Now I get it. Loud and clear. There's no one other than the Rebbein. There's no Parah. There's no Malchus. There's no Other than Imr Lufanai Malchus. Imr Lufanai Zechreinus. He had to be tochen this Rosh Hashanah, that second Rosh Hashanah in the Rebbein Shalom. He put everything into the Rebbein Shalom. And I believe that's how you can understand the Pshad and the Pasuk. They rushed him out of the pit, that Rosh Hashanah. And what's Chos? How was he Zaycha, that Rosh Hashanah, to be removed from the pit? You know why? Because Because that was the Rosh Hashanah that he did things differently. He went into Rosh Hashanah with the Giluach. He was optimistic in the Rabbeinu Shalom. He was confident in the Rabbeinu Shalom. He changed his clothing before that Rosh Hashanah. He shaved before that Rosh Hashanah. Not on Rosh Hashanah itself, but Vayigalach wasn't on Rosh Hashanah, Chatz V'Shalom. Vayigalach was Erev Rosh Hashanah. It was as if he did it on Rosh Hashanah. Because that's the whole point of doing an Erev Rosh Hashanah, to show on Rosh Hashanah that here I am, I'm confident in you. It's a simcha. You know, the Mishnah Buru says that the reason that we eat and drink on Rosh Hashanah, even though it's a Yayim Adin, is because it's also a Chag. Rosh Hashanah is a Yantif. So we, we eat and drink like every Rosh Hashanah, like every Yantif. And he brings a Pasuk. How do you know that it's a Chag? Tiku b'achaydeh shayfar b'akesel yayim chagenu. It's a chag. The Pasuk says and tell them it's a chag. That's the smichas HaPasuk. It's a chag. Rosh Hashanah is a chag. It's a day that you're supposed to rejoice having bitachin and the fact that the Rabbi is in charge of this world and he could be Yaitzel Tzedek Mishpatenu. 
That was the Edus B'Yosef Samay. You know what the sign, you know what the Edus was on Yosef, the fact that he treated Rosh Hashanah like a Chag that year. It wasn't a regular day. It was a Chag, it was a day of Simcha, it was a day of Bitochen. And look at what Yosef did, he comes before Paray. And he could have really been, oh, now the power needs me, I'm going to interpret the dream. And you know, if you look in these psukim, it's drenched, this Rosh Hashanah is drenched with Malchias. He comes before Paray, After Paray tells him his problem, he says, listen, it's not me. This is a day, it's not me, it's nothing to do with me. It's Hashem. It's Elikim, Yaneshulayim Paray. Everything is HaKadosh Baruch He even got power later to, to speak about the Rabbi Nisham. It was a day that was saturated with, with Kedushas Hayyim, with Rosh Hashanah, with Malchias. That was the tshuva of Yasef. Two Rosh Hashanahs, a tale of two Rosh Hashanahs. There was a first Rosh Hashanah that Yasef, of course he believed in the Rabbi Nisham, he's Yasef at Sadiq, but Kim is Kartani al Pare. It was a tefillah that was not entirely Shlema. And it didn't work out so well, that Rosh Hashanah. Two years later, You know how Yosef left the Beis HaSurim with a confidence of That's the only way that you can get out of this din. The only way that we could get out of our Beis HaSurim. Any Tzaras that we have, That's what Rosh Hashanah is. That's what we learned from these two Rosh Hashanahs that Yosef had in Mitzrayim. The Eidos B'Yosef Samay was because Tiku B'Chaydashayfer B'Kes Leim Chagenu. He was Madgish L'Chag. Yosef HaTzadik put all of his bitachin in the Rabbi Nisham. It wasn't a day, another day in jail. It was a day that it was B'Chag. I have confidence in you, Rabbi Nisham. You could get me out of anything. You could do anything. He had a Rabbi Akiva perspective. Mikvi Yisrael Hashem. Yosef had Akiva ben Yosef had a profound impact on Yosef HaTzadik that was the the Kayach of Rosh Hashanah a successful Rosh Hashanah is a day that we bring our Machzairim to Shul and we proclaim Malchias we proclaim Baruch, not just that you're my Melech you know, but I have a lot of other things going on thank you very much you're my Melech, and that's it. It's all I have. Everything that I have in life is from you. Everything that I don't have in life is because of you. You're my Melech. I only have you. If I'm going to survive this Mishpat, I did a lot of bad things in life, uh, you know, and I deserve punishment, but you're my Father. You're going to save me. Because I believe in you. And I have nowhere else to turn. No lawyers are going to help me, Rosh Hashanah. No doctors are going to help me. No expediters are going to help me. No, 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 no one's going to help me. I only have you. That's it. I'm throwing my entire load on you. Hashlech Hashem Yahavcha. You throw your entire load on the Rabbi Shalom, V'hu and He will sustain you. He will take care of you. But first you have to make that first step. And then I'll be Mamlech over you. I'll be your melech, but you have to proclaim me as your melech exclusively. Exclusively. If we could do that before Rosh Hashanah, if we can get that into our minds as we're coming into Rosh Hashanah, that's Rosh Hashanah. Then we can have a successful din. Everybody's looking for tzchusim and din. 
and you have to, you know, and you know, Muslims farm are replete with a million different ways of tricking the Rabbinishlam Kaviyachan to giving you a nice new year. You could do without all of them, in my humble opinion, if you just get this. This is the greatest schosin din. Just say, you're my mela. Very simple. Can you do that or not? Can you let go of your, of your fake branch you know, that you're hanging on to? Your father, your, your, your grandfather, your uncle, your father-in-law, your, you know, your, your career, your, your professors, your this, your that. Can you let go of that for a minute on Rosh Hashanah and say, I have nothing but you? It's all fake. If I have anything in the world, it's because of you. And if you don't want me to have anything, I have nothing. If you could do that going into Rosh Hashanah and have the bitachin to get a, hair, a shave and a haircut before Rosh Hashanah and a change of clothing and come in optimistic, throwing yourself into the arms of the Rabbi because that's the greatest chosen din. Then you'll for sure get through. If you can have a Rabbi Kiva Dikha Rosh Hashanah. That's the second Rosh Hashanah that Yosef had. And that's why everybody agrees that Rosh Hashanah Yatsa Yosef Beis Hasurim. It's the only way to get out of jail. The only way to get out of, our, out of jail is to say, Everything is from you. We should take this Yisai. This is such a, this isn't just another Shmuz. This is the Shmuz of our life. Just simple, like a child to a father. I need you. I have no one else but you. Don't let me go. I need you. Without you, I'm nothing. I can't do anything without you. When you have that attitude and you speak to the Rabbi Yisrael like that girl, the granddaughter of Yisrael Mishklav, if you could say that nusach to the Rabbi Yisrael, you'll come through the din with flying colors. No question about it. No, the Rabbi Yisrael will never let, let such a tefillah go, Reiko. It's Hashem, we should be zeicher to aksiva chasimah taiva, gutke ben shdiar, we should be zeichet to a year of full of simcha and nachas and atzlacha, beruchnius of begashmius, of bicker the atzlacha and taira, which is the main thing. And it's Hashem, if we only remember constantly this vart, ein lanu melech ela ata, then we could come into Rosh Hashanah. It's Hashem, the Rebbeinu Shem will be yitzib etzedek dineinu, amin mamin.